0: Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Glory be unto your name, dear Lord. We pray that as we, as we spend time with you, that you would imbue us with the spirit of the Lord The things that we have to handle are sacred and important subjects that if your spirit doesn't lay to our heart and impress it deeply upon us, we will not gain anything. So I plead with you, dear Lord, please, as we go through these words, may it bring about a transformation in our lives. As we behold Christ, may we be transformed into the same image from glory to glory. May our souls be touched. May our hearts be softened. May our minds be lifted up to heavenly places as we behold Christ is my prayer. Put your words in my mouth. Help me to speak as the oracles of God. That your words will deeply impress us. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. That I may know him. March 2 Wounded for our transgressions Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows; yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities; the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. Isaiah chapter fifty-three, verse four. And five. The sincere Christian may indeed grieve as he sees the havoc sin has wrought, but only in a limited sense can the human agent comprehend the sadness of Christ as he looks upon sin as it exists in the human heart. From the light of his exalted purity, The world's redeemer could see that the maladies from which the human family were suffering were brought upon them by transgression of the law of God. Every case of suffering he could trace back to its cause. He read the sad and awful history of the final end of unrepenting sinners. He knew that he alone could rescue them from the pit into which they had fallen he alone could place their feet in the right path his perfection alone could avail for their imperfection he alone could cover their nakedness with his own spotless robe of righteousness christ wanted all he could not endure that one should be lost Oh, if the human family could only see the results of sin in the transgression and violence and crime that exists in the world. If they could see the transformation of men from the image of God to the similitude of Satan. Man was created pure and holy. But through transgression, he came to possess the attributes of Satan. In coming to the world in human form, in becoming subject to the law, in revealing to men that he bore their sicknesses, their sorrow, their guilt, Christ did not become a sinner. He was pure and uncontaminated by any disease. Not one stain of sin was found upon him. He stood before the world, the spotless Lamb of God when suffering humanity pressed about him. He who was in the health of perfect manhood was as one afflicted with them. This was essential that he might express his perfect love in behalf of humanity. Christ was strong to save the whole world. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Wounded for Our Transgressions, and I would like to read Desire of Ages, page 83, paragraph 4, once again as our introduction. It says, It will be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplation of the life of Christ. We should take it point by point and let the imagination grasp each scene, especially the closing ones. As we thus dwell upon his great sacrifice for us, our confidence in him will be more constant, our love will be quickened, and we shall be more deeply imbued with his spirit. So let us spend a thoughtful hour or some minutes in contemplation of the life of Jesus. Concerning Jesus in the book of Isaiah 53 verse 3 to 5, it is said, He is despised and rejected of men are healed amen it's important to note what was said in the devotion today that in coming to the world in human form in becoming subject to the law Christ did not become a sinner but the word of God says he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin he bore our sins that's what this passage in isaiah 53 says we look at jesus he was despised he was rejected and to till today like we studied yesterday in our devotion he's still being despised no o man and o woman if you are rejecting the law of god you are despising jesus christ that is how we despise jesus when when you hear the word of god telling you this is what you should do this is how you should live your life and this is what god hates and this is what he likes this is the print these are the principles of his government and you hate it or you reject it you are actually rejecting jesus and you are hating jesus i've seen people who hate the word of god they say they love jesus but they hate the principles of the word of god you can't have it both ways You either love him and his word because he said why call ye me Lord Lord and do not the things which I say you can't call Jesus Lord and yet reject and despise his word because it is his word that represents him today but this despising and rejection of God do we understand that this is someone who has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows like we read in in the devotion Christ traced from cause to effect that every sorrow and every suffering of man can be traced to sin. He knew that every case of suffering can be traced back to its cause and we are suffering because of what we have brought upon ourselves by the transgression of the law of God. He can read, he read in our awful history, oh my, and how has been your history and mine? Would you not say that our history has been really awful? And he can see the final end of the unrepenting sinners. And knowing all of this, our Lord Jesus could not stay where he was in heaven. He chose to come down on this earth. Because he could see the future. If I don't do something about this, this brother, this my child is going to perish. This my daughter and my son, they are going to come to their sad end. And the Lord said, no, I will do something about it. And that's why we need to understand That Christ was smitten and stricken of God and afflicted. But the reason for all of this is that it was because of our transgressions. It was because of our iniquities. The chastisement that brought peace to us was upon him. Today, many are going to enjoy bliss in heaven because they believe in Jesus. But the only reason that is going to take place is because Jesus was bruised. He was wounded for our transgressions. Like we saw in that I may know him, page 67, paragraph 2, he says, The sincere Christian may indeed grieve as he sees the havoc sin has wrought. But only in a limited sense can the human agent comprehend the sadness of Christ as he looks upon sin as it exists in the human heart. So what is the havoc sin has wrought? Hosea 4 verse 1 to 3 says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out, and blood toucheth blood; therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of the heavens, yea the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. So what are the things that man has suffered? What are the things that is grieving Jesus Christ, and we also ought to grieve because of it that the law of God and sin that has come through the transgression of this law is upon man. Diseases and sicknesses of terrible proportions. Have you seen people suffer under cancer? The painful ailments that exist today? And it's not just man. Like we read in Hosea 4 verse 3, animals have to suffer. And the whole earth mourns and suffers under the effects of sin. There's poverty everywhere. War and bloodshed of untold proportions exist even now as we speak here in 2024 there's a war going on in Yemen Iran is fighting against the US in Iraq Iraq is also joining the fight and Syria is also joining the fight there's the Houthis fighting in Yemen and then you have going to Russia and Ukraine then come back to the Middle East Hamas and Israel do you understand some of us don't know what war is like I've never participated in one but when you read you can know that war is not something that anybody wants to partake in but that's just one part and then we have the poverty we have separation and broken homes people passing through mental distress that cannot be downplayed at all as much as people are passing passing through poverty and physical suffering we should not downplay the suffering of those who are passing through separation in broken homes and the depression and sadness and mental anguish that comes through it hatred exists between friends and then there's the one of old age people come to their old age and what they cannot do things for themselves anymore and eventually people die people die and then what has been the worst effect of sin the death of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary all these things have brought sorrow unutterable sorrow and woe has been the effect of sin upon man and even upon God It is God who was wounded for our transgressions. It is he who was bruised for our iniquities. He is the one that has suffered the most under the effect of sin. My brothers and sisters, this devotion is of a different kind because I do not have much to say that will impress the effect that God wants to have on us. What I want to read is concerning the wounding of Jesus Christ, the bruising of Jesus Christ, in Gethsemane, the closing scenes of Christ and I want us to contemplate on these words that I read and I pray that the Holy Spirit impresses it deeply on your heart to help us to increase our love for God so it will begin from the experience Jesus had in Gethsemane down to the cross, Testimonies Volume 2, page 206, paragraph 2 and I'll be reading downward it says, The Divine Son of God was fainting dying the father sent a messenger from his presence to strengthen the divine sufferer and brace him to tread his blood-stained path could mortals have viewed the amazement and the sorrow of the angelic host as they watched in silent grief the father separating his beams of light love and glory from the beloved son of his bosom they would better understand how offensive sin is in his sight the sword of justice was now to awake against his dear son Zechariah 13, verse 7, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. He was betrayed by a kiss into the hands of his enemies, and hurried to the judgment hall of an earthly court, dared to be derided and condemned to death by sinful mortals. There the glorious Son of God was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, he bore insults, mockery and shameful abuse until his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Let me just say here that as we behold this, we should not feel like we are too big to suffer the same thing Christ suffered if Christ was wounded for our transgressions and he bore insult, mockery and shameful abuse let us not run away from insult, mockery and shameful abuse on his account if you feel like oh I'm going to keep God's commandments and people are going to insult me for the way I dress for example they are going to mock me for my food they are going to mock me and they are going to abuse me shamefully because of the things I stand for which is the word of God and you think about it and you run away you are denying Christ. You verily deny Christ when you do that. When you are ashamed to stand for what you believe in the presence of your friends, you don't want to make them know that this is the, these are the things you believe in. You are making a mistake. I continue to read, and It says, Who can comprehend the love here displayed The angelic host beheld with wonder and with grief him who had been the majesty of heaven and who had worn the crown of glory now wearing a crown of thorns, a bleeding victim to the rage of an infuriated mob, fired to insane madness by the wrath of Satan. Beholds the patient sufferer, upon his head is the thorny crown. His life blood flows from every lacerated vein, and this in consequence of sin. Who sin mine and yours? Nothing could have induced Christ to leave his honor and majesty in heaven and come to, to a sinful world to be neglected, despised, and rejected by those he came to save, and finally to suffer upon the cross, but eternal redeeming love, which will ever remain a mystery. Wow. I, let's just digest that. The only thing that motivated Jesus to do this, to do what he did, to suffer all of this is love. Continue the reading now he says. Wonder, o heavens, and be astonished, o earth. Behold the oppressor and the oppressed. A vast multitude enclose the savior of the world. Mockings and jeerings are mingled with the coarse oaths of blasphemy. His lowly birth and humble life are commented upon by unfeeling wretches. His claim to be the son of God is ridiculed by the chief priests and elders and vulgar jests and insulting derision are passed from lip to lip. Satan was having full control of the minds of his servants. In order to do this effectually, he commences with the chief priests and elders and imbues them with religious frenzy. They are actuated by the same satanic spirit which moves the most vile and hardened wretches. There is a corrupt harmony in the feelings of all, from the hypocritical priests and elders down to the most debased. Christ, the precious Son of God, was led forth and the cross was laid upon his shoulders. At every step was left blood, which flowed from his wounds, thronged by an immense crowd of bitter enemies and unfeeling spectators. He is led away to the crucifixion. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her sharers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. His sorrowing disciples follow him at a distance behind a murderous throng. He is nailed to the cross and hangs suspended between the heavens and the earth. Their hearts are bursting with anguish as their beloved teacher is suffering as a criminal. Close to the cross are the blind, bigoted, faithless priests and elders, taunting, mocking and jeering. Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also, the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. What was Jesus' response to all of this? He says, not one word did Jesus answer to all this. While the nails were being driven through his hands and the sweat drops of agony were forced from his pores, from the pale quivering lips of the innocent sufferer, a prayer of pardoning love was breathed for his murderers. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. All heaven was gazing with profound interest upon the scene. The glorious redeemer of a lost world was suffering the penalty of man's transgression of the Father's law. He was about to ransom his people with his own blood. He was paying the just claims of God's holy law. This was the means through which an end was to be finally made of sin and Satan and his host to be vanquished. Amen. Oh, was there ever suffering and sorrow like that endured by the dying Saviour? It was the sense of his father's displeasure which made his cup so bitter. It was not the bodily suffering which so quickly ended the life of Christ upon the cross. It was the crushing weight of the sins of the world and the sense of his father's wrath. The father's glory and sustaining presence had left him and despair pressed its crushing weight of darkness upon him and forced from his pale and quivering lips the anguished cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Let me pause here to emphasize something that I want us to get. I've been saying it in previous devotions, but I want to say it again as it is emphasized here. We need to understand Jesus did not die because of the nails that pierced his hand or the crown of thorns or the laceration on his back or the nails on his feet. None of these things was it was what killed Jesus. What was it that killed Jesus? It was the weight of the sins of the world of which mine was a part of it, and you who are listening to me, yours was also a part of it. When Jesus was in Gethsemane and the sins of this world was being laid on him, and he made that comment, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. He was not just saying an expression that was poetic, he meant exactly what he was saying, which is that he was dying under the weight of the sins of the whole world. Have you ever felt guilt before? Look at what David said concerning guilt when he talks about how he's lying down on his bed and he's sorrowful and how it is that his heart is so downcast. And he will say things like this in Psalms 42, verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Then verse 6, O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee. From the land of Jordan, verse 7, Deep, call it unto deep, the noise of the water sprouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. These are expressions of anguish. In verse 10 he says, As with a sword in my bones, my enemies reproach me, while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Who do you think was passing through this? This is Jesus here. Then verse 11, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. When you understand and when I understand that Jesus actually died the death of the sinner that sin ought to have caused. You see, when Jesus, when God says the wages of sin is death and when he told Adam and Eve, For in the day thou eatest jeroph thou shalt surely die. He wasn't saying I'm going to kill you in the day thou eatest jeroph. Sin in and of itself kills. But this, the death that sin is supposed to inflict on man has been stayed all this while. Adam and Eve just died by the consequence of sin, which is aging and later on we die. But then there is the other thing, the penalty of sin, not the consequence, which is that sin, the penalty of it is death. That is what God brings, the wrath of God on the sinner. That is what Jesus was suffering. The wrath of God has not come upon the sinner since the days of Adam. Why? Because God intended to take the wrath of God upon Himself, and when Jesus came, that's actually what happened. It was not just the guilt, but the wrath of God. And we can read from here that what crushed Jesus, what what, what killed him, was the crushing weight of the sins of the world and the sense of His Father's wrath. You see. This is what it means that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. He suffered for our sins. Psalms 22, reading from verse one downward, tells us what Jesus was suffering on the cross. It says there it begins with these words that was expressed by Jesus on the cross, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?" Why art thou so far from helping me, and from the words of my roaring? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man. A reproach of men and despised of the people, all they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. This is what they were doing to Jesus while he was on the cross. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, "He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him." Do you know how much this was a temptation to Jesus? If you understand what they were doing, it was the same temptation that Jesus uh, that Satan brought to Jesus. In the wilderness after his baptism if you are the Son of God turn this stone to bread if you are the Son of God jump down from this cliff and let the angels come to save you at that time Jesus was on the cross And so it is with many of us when we pass through difficulty and trials in life. We start to question whether we are really sons of God. We start to question whether we are children of God. And even your own friends, like they did to Job, will come to you and start saying, It is because of your sins that you are in this sickness. It is because of your sins that your business crumbled. It's because of your sins that you've not found a husband or a wife or your child has died right now and you've been having so many miscarriages. Or it's because of your sins that your husband has died or your wife has died. Any misfortune that happens to us the devil comes to press it upon us and tell us if you are the child of God why is it that you are passing through all of this if you are the son of God why are you sick like this why I thought you were practicing health reform why are you like this that was the temptation they were bringing to Jesus on the cross they wanted Jesus to come down Satan wanted Jesus to come down even though the men who were saying it did not want that but Satan wanted Jesus to come down he wanted him to stop bearing our iniquities but our Lord did not respond that taunting of jesus was intentional to make him show himself and get out of the suffering he was passing through but jesus needed to suffer it for our sakes even though they were mocking him and taunting him to show himself mocking him to show his power he refused to why because to do that will mean that he was trying to show himself that means that self would come and it would be a sin and not only that but it would also mean that he will not bear our iniquities and he will not save us from our sins but our Lord Jesus bore all of this so that he could save us from our sins I was reading from Psalms 22 how they said to him he saved others why don't he save himself and that was in verse, tw- verse 8 I'll continue from verse 9 he says but thou art he that took me out of the womb thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breasts I was cast upon thee from the womb, thou art my God, from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint, my heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my boils, my strength is dried up like a pot shed, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet, I may tell all my bones." They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Now, let me say this. As much as every other thing that we know here well, was literal, which is, for example, they, they pierced his hands and his feet and he said, they parted his garments, they cast lots upon his vesture and the previous one we seen that they, they, they actually said to him, um, you saved others, why don't you save yourself? As much as those things were literally true, Every other thing we've read about his bone being out of joint, about his his heart being melted like wax, and also him saying that his strength was dried up like a pot shed, his tongue cleaved to his jaws, and they brought him to the dust of their dough, That one is a figurative term. All those things were literally true. That is him his bone being out of joint. That's literal. This is and this is a revelation of what was happening to Jesus on the cross, in case you want to know. what was happening when he said i may tell all my bones he had been so emaciated that he was like a bony person and he said verse 19 and 20 but be not thou far from me o lord o my strength haste to help me deliver my soul from the sword my darling from the power of the dog all of this was what jesus suffered and when we read John nineteen verse thirty one to thirty five, you realize that the soldiers who came to Jesus were surprised that he had died because they didn't expect him to die. It was not crucifixion that killed him because when people are crucified, like the other thieves that were with him, they were not dead. They knew that that he wasn't supposed to be dead if it was just by the crucifixion. It was our sins. That killed Jesus but looking away from the physical suffering of Jesus let us talk of the suffering inflicted on him by our sins there in that I may know him page 66 paragraph 3 we read this in our devotion yesterday it says the evil works the evil thoughts the evil words of every son and daughter of Adam press upon his divine soul the sins of men called for retribution upon himself for he had become man's substitute and took upon him the sins of the world end of quote what do we learn from here Next time we are about to speak an evil word about anyone or to anyone or cherish any evil thoughts, let us consider that Jesus had his soul pressed by these words and even before we committed them. The sins of all men in the past, present and future, the sins I chose to commit since my birth and the ones I may commit in the future, do I need to commit them? I don't need to. But all these sins were placed upon Jesus. I contributed to the suffering that Jesus passed through on the cross and in Gethsemane. I was part of it and you also. He took the cup of wrath that I prepared for myself. He took it from me and gave me a cup of blessing which was for him that I may not perish. No animal rescue story can match this one. All those animal rescue stories, no, no, no. They are nothing compared to this one. The suffering of Jesus is what should call out even greater loyalty and fidelity from man. If you know, if you know, you just know that this is what should happen. I cannot explain it in words. It's not something that can be completely understood. But yet, it's something that can be responded to. If the Spirit of God has revealed it to you as you meditate on the suffering of Jesus, you will certainly be drawn towards him and love him even more than those animals we described in our previous devotions. That I may know him, page 67, paragraph 4 says, Christ wanted all. He could not endure that one should be lost. Oh, if the human family could see the results of sin and transgression and violence and the results of sin in the transgression and violence and crime that exists in the world if they could see the transformation of men from the image of god to the similitude of satan man was created pure and holy but through transgression he came to possess the attributes of satan end of quote christ wanted to save all what does that mean for us It means that when he was on the cross, he actually took the sins of all men. Except those who would want to take their sin for themselves. They are just making the problem to be more complicated. Because you are making the payment that Jesus made to be in vain. That's what it is. Somebody has paid for our sins and then we go and pay for it again. Double payment. Christ wanted all. Meaning that the sins of the whole world, he took all of them. He wanted every one of them. So that everybody will be saved. Imagine that he has paid... And then you refuse to appropriate to yourself the blessings of what Jesus has paid for and eventually still go and pay again. Why? Because you will not believe. John 3.16 What does it say to us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He has already paid The price and since he has paid the price there's no need for any of us to have to pay again he wanted all including you and me let us not allow the grace of god to be in vain for our sakes because he has done all that needs to be done for us to be saved i pray that these words that have been spoken the holy spirit will take them and deeply impress it on my heart and your heart to the end That the next time we are tempted to sin. We will say how then shall I do this great wickedness and sin against God. So let me just dwell on that for a while. Because the truth is there is a competition between the pleasures of sin. And the, 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 the sympathy we have for Jesus Christ. We have a trouble in our hearts. We know that Jesus has died for us. And we know that the response we ought to have is that. Since he has died for us and we know this. We ought not then to sin carelessly, knowing very well what he has done for us, that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. I know the struggles of the flesh, I know because I am a human being, and I know that even these words, if they are not effective in us, we will still go ahead to sin against the Lord, but I pray nevertheless that that will not be the case. I pray that these words will help me and help you who are listening. That the next time we want to do that thing that wounded Jesus, that bruised him and yet we say we love him, we would at least stop and think and say, how can I say I love God? I love Jesus and yet the very thing that caused him the greatest sorrow and pain, I am still doing it. How can I imagine myself seeing him carrying the cross? Like Simon of Cyrene, because Simon didn't know what was going on. He just came and then he saw an opera. What is going on here? Let's say you are like Simon of Cyrene. And then Jesus is carrying the cross and you see him suffering. And he says, Why all this? You ask him. And he says, It's for your sins. And right there you are committing the sin. Let's say, let's just imagine the sin to be somebody holding an ice cream and licking that ice cream. And there you are licking the ice cream and you're holding it in your hand and you're wondering, why are you passing through this? And Jesus says to use that ice cream in your hand, you need to drop it. Now you need to choose. Do you really want, do you really care that I'm suffering? Do you really care that I'm being bruised and wounded? If you care so much, then drop the ice cream, which in this case represents the pleasures of sin. It's for us to decide whether our love for Jesus is greater than our love for sin. If our love for Jesus has increased as we have been going through all these devotions, though we love sin and we have not stopped loving it, yes, but then if our love for Jesus has now gotten up in its bar and it has risen higher and it should rise higher than our love for the pleasures of sin, though we love sin, we will discard it and we will say no more because this is what wounded our Savior and this is what bruised him. May these words be deeply impressed in our hearts through the spirit of the lord let us pray dear father in heaven please help us that we will not just give you lip service and saying we love you we love you yet we continue in the same sins that bruised our savior and wounded him lord help us because we know what our sins are every one of us who are listening we may despise your word and reject it but we do know nevertheless And the reason we despise it is because we want to claim we love you and yet continue in our sins. Lord, help us to be sincere with ourselves. That whatever it is, your spirit is impressing on our heart that is our sin that is wounding our Savior, that is crucifying Him. That is our transgression that is bruising Him. Lord, impress it deeply on our heart and help us to give it up. Help us to say no to sin. Help us to love the Lord enough to put away our sins even if we've not stopped loving it, but help our love for the Lord to so increase through these words we have heard that we will say, like Joseph, how then shall I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Lord, we need you to do this for us because sin has such a strong hold on us that regardless of all these things we are hearing, even though we are touched by it, the next moment we are still going back to our sins. And this is what we are afraid of. Lord, please help us that we will not do that. But that by the grace and power of the Lord, You will create a transformation in our hearts and we will love you more than sin and put away our sins for the sake of our Lord Jesus who suffered for us. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. This message was brought to you by the Angel with a Strong Voice, a ministry dedicated to preparing people to stand true to God and be ready for His imminent return. For more information and free online resources, please visit www.towers.org That is www.tawasv.org Or contact info at towers.org